Well, good morning. Is everyone doing well? Happy 4th to you all. There's some patriotic people here who have the right colors on, I guess. I don't even know what those are anymore. But it's good to see you. My name is Gary Osborne, and I'm on staff at Calvary. My role is to help lead the whole um, organization at our three campuses. For those of you who don't know, we have three campuses, and everyone's gathering this morning to worship our Lord and Savior in Boulder and in Erie and in here in Thornton. And we're all kind of committed to building Christ-centered, we're a Christ-centered community of people fully devoted to loving God and loving others. That's who we want to be as a church, where we build disciples, empower leaders, and multiply churches. And that's here in Thornton and in the world and however we can invest in the, in the kingdom in any way possible. Last week, I got to preach in Erie and share about what's happening here in Thornton. And it was so fun to just talk about the ways that God is working, how this church is growing, the different things God is doing here, and the celebration and the excitement that they have for you guys is really, really fun because they love you. They're excited about the opportunity to expand the gospel in this community because their hearts are about the Lord and what it means to be a faithful follower of Christ. And they want to see more and more people come to faith. And one of the ways that we do it as a community is to launch a campus. And so to share, hey, here are how things are going. There was great applause and they're praying for you and they're excited. Even about an event like tonight, because we remember back in the days how important these events are where we go into the community, we invite them in, and we share about who we are as a church, and we just love them. And so tonight at the 4th of July celebration that it sounds like people just come to this property to watch fireworks, we have an incredible opportunity to um, just demonstrate what Christ has done for us as we love and care for our community. Well, we are in a series this summer called Playlist. And the idea behind it was, hey, you know those songs you go back to over and over again and hit on repeat, you know, when you're driving through the mountains, when you're sitting on the beach, or maybe you're hanging out by the lake during the summer, and you just kind of, what songs do you listen to over and over again? Well, in our spiritual lives, hopefully there's the same idea that's happening, is that we would have those passages of Scripture that we would have hidden in our heart, and then we go back to over and over again. So I would love to hear from the community here, what are some of those passages of Scripture that you go back to on a regular basis? Anyone? Romans 8.28. Fantastic. That's, that's a great one, right? What else? Jeremiah 29, right? Okay. What else? What is I'm sorry, what was that? Okay, from which, where's that from? Man, what a good crowd there is here today. What, is there another text? Because I think of, of texts like um, Psalm 139, that God kind of knows you from the very beginning. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Or there's Psalm 51 where it's, you know, Lord, would you create in me a new heart? That idea kind of after sin. Or other ones that I think about, like John 15, where he is the vine and we are the branches and we want to remain in him and bear fruit. Like these are some of the scriptures and passages that we want to go back to over and over again. 
So this morning, I am going to share with you one of my favorite. There were lots to choose from, and I actually get to be back out here in another week or so, and I get to do Romans 8. But today, we are going to do Colossians 3. And so Colossians 3 is just one of these ones that really has affected me personally and helped change my life, and I want to share it with you on what it looks like to really focus our minds and our hearts on the things of God. But I, I, before we get into it, I just want to share the process that happened putting together this message a couple weeks ago. Now, when you're preaching and getting ready for it, you take some significant amount of time to study the scriptures and get into it. This was one I've had in my heart a lot, and so I have done a lot of the work on it prior to preaching. But last week was one of those most, I was a unique week of ministry that I had ever really had. A variety of different things kept coming my way that popped up. And so every time I would sit down to study God's Word, something else would come up and it would need my attention. And it was one of those weeks that was just draining both physically and mentally. And so I didn't really have any time. And so throughout the weekend, things kept coming up. I had a few pastor on calls things pop up. And then I said to my wife, I just got to go to bed. I got to get some rest and I'll get up early. True story, friends. This is real. So I go to bed and I wake up about two o'clock in the morning. I come into the office to begin preparing my message. And about three o'clock in the morning, I start getting text messages from my kids who are in New York about to board a flight. Now, I'm exhausted and I'm tired and all of a sudden we're getting into a text uh, argument about what's supposed to happen later in the day. So if you've ever had that opportunity, you know, you're like, oh, this is so fun. My kid said they were going to do this. Now they're not. And the whole time I'm thinking, I got to preach here in a few hours. And this is what my life felt like. And so I finally got through that anger and frustration with my kid and and then I sit down and I open Colossians 3, and what really happened was it became this, once again, why I love this text, the opportunity where God's Word just ministered to my life and to my heart. And so I get to share with you the truths that are in here. For those of you who don't know, Colossians is a book that was written by Paul. Paul was an apostle of Jesus Christ who would go out and he would share about the love of God to these different churches. So a little similar to like what happened here is he would go to a church, he'd plan it, and then he would move on and go to the next one, he'd plan it, and then he would write some letters back to them to share, encourage them, and to challenge them in their faith. And so he gets a report about what's happened in Colossian, in Colossae. He's probably in jail. He's writing this from a difficult situation that he's having in his personal life. And he's hearing about these false teachings and some things that are going on in Colossae that he wants to share about, Colossae that he wants to share about. One of them is that they claim that Christ was a deist or that, that God was a, a deist God. Deism was a big thought in the day. Do you guys, anyone know what deism is? What is it, Zach? Just a general Think of it like this, that he was a giant clockmaker almost. And he builds this giant clock, he winds it up, and then he just lets it go. 
And so he's not really personal or present. And that was kind of the belief of the day, that God really wasn't involved in the life of the people. And then they also had, and you see this here in Colossians 2, uh, verse 8, is that they were believing in these empty philosophies. And they were following human traditions and according to kind of the, the elements of the spirit world that was happening there. And so there was this 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 void of who God was, and they were following the philosophies of the human, of the, of the times that they were living in. And so they weren't believing in the supremacy of Christ and, and the person of Christ, and they were believing in human traditions. And so Paul writes this letter, and in Colossians 1, this great chunk of, of verses, he says this in Colossians 1.15, to help them understand who Christ is. He says this, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. And in everything, he might be supreme. I mean, I I just love this idea of who Christ is. And it tells us that he knows you, loves you, created you, and he's holding all things together. And then we get into uh, Colossians 2, and he's going to talk about, hey, the human traditions aren't the ways that you want to follow because of who Christ ha- is and what Christ has done for you. And then we get to verse or chapter 3, and it says, if then you have been raised with Christ. I think the NIV says, since then, or therefore, if you've been raised with Christ. So if you have trusted in Christ, if you have understand what Christ has done for you in your life, the old has gone, the new has come. Like you are now embarking on a new way of life. This new way of life is, is imparted to you through the resurrected Christ. You no longer have to live according to the old traditions, but you focus on what Christ has done for you. The world no longer has power over you, but but you have power in the resurrection that we will one day have. You've been set free. You have the promise of eternity, being in the presence of Lord, and you are secure in your faith. And so this is the hope and this is what motivates us. This is what we need to remember over and over that we have been raised with Christ. And what that does for us is the believer, it gives us a new platform to live our life on. And then he says this, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. In the NIV, it says that, that you would fix your heart on things from above. And then it goes on and says, set your mind on things from above, not on earthly things. And so he deals with your heart and your mind, that you would set your heart on things from above and that you would set your mind on things from above. These are two different ideas, the mind being kind of the intellect, the knowledge, the understanding, how you process information. That's kind of our minds. And then we also have our hearts, which is our passion, our dreams, our emotion. And so Paul's dealing with two very unique things here at this point that he would, that you would take the knowledge and understanding you'd have, and you would take that part and you'd think about things from above, 
And then you'd also take your heart, where your passion, your emotion, your um, desires, your dreams, and you would fix those things on things from above as well. Now, as I was going through this kind of frustrating and difficult week that I was struggling with, I was thinking about, okay, all the ways that I wanted to fix things. Because it was just beyond work, it became in the home as well, and how I wanted to take care of this relationship. And it wasn't just at home, it was in, in friends. And, and in, um, well, I had another like hard thing happen. We had a, another flood in our house. And uh, so my basement in my daughter's room continues to flood when we have heavy rains. And I've tried to mediate it over and over again in a variety of different ways, but it continues to keep coming back. And I'm kind of at like my wits end. And so I had to pull all the drywall off and pull out the carpet, and, and I'm just, I'm done, friends. I'm tired of it, and so I don't know how to fix it, and, I, and I'm, I'm working really hard in my own mind. And then this week, it, de- it doesn't get any easier. After I preached this message last week, because I, I, I shared this with the eerie folks, I was thinking, okay, now that I fully understand to fix my mind and my heart on the things of God, I'm going to be good. This week didn't really get any easier. Like, let's just be honest, right? Like, it's just the reality of like doing life in this world. And so yesterday I'm out working in my backyard, I guess Friday, and I see my sprinkler manifold out there and it now has a little split in it. And so I tried to fix that this one way. It didn't go well. And so I have to figure out another way to try to fix it today. And then my car didn't start yesterday or my wife's car. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, I don't, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm trying so hard to fix my heart and my mind on things from above, and yet I feel like the things of this world continue to get in the way. And it's just the reality of life, my friends, is that we struggle all the time with the things here. And it's things like fixing cars or frustrations at home or relationships. But the Lord is truly saying, hey, I, I, I want you to put those things aside. And I want you to set your mind and your heart on the things from above. For you have died, verse 3 says, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. So when Christ is in your life appears, you will also appear with him in glory. So these frustrations, these heartaches, these annoyances that we have in this world are temporary. We need to remember that we want to fix our hearts and our minds from things from above, because that is where our hope and our desire truly is in. All the things we have to do with this world are meaningless when it comes to thinking about the things from above. Now, it's not always as easy as that, right? We spent a whole series back in March, I don't know if you remember, about the battle that we're in and really the battle of the mind and the enemy has on us, right? Because there's this desire that, or this, this problem is the enemy is a liar, a deceiver. He wants to distract us. He wants to keep us from being ineffective and unproductive in our faith. That's just the reality. But here's what Philippians 4 says. And take this to heart says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, 
Think about these things. These are the things that we want to put in our hearts and our minds. We want to think of the things that are, are pure. We want to think things that are right, honorable, lovely, uh, commendable, excellent, praiseworthy. These are the things that we want to focus our minds and our hearts on. That's the perspective that we want to have. As well as our hearts. So we know the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good that comes in will be the good that comes out. The filth that comes in will be the filth that comes out. In Proverbs 4, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. This is what we want to be able to do with our hearts and our minds is we want to connect them to the things of God. We want to put things into perspective. David writes in Psalm 84, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. Yes, my soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. Skips on to 10. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Hopefully this becomes our perspective as we think about what is to come, knowing that a day in the presence of the Lord is better than a thousand elsewhere. So in your week, in the things that you endured, where did you set your mind and your heart this week? Did you place them on the temporary things of this world? Or did you focus them on the things of God did you focus them on heavenly things, not on earthly things? That's the question that we need to ask ourselves on a regular basis when we're enduring hardship, we're going through things. I think of Paul writing this from prison, probably saying, Lord, I was serving you, doing what you asked, and here I am finding myself in shackles. And he continues to say, no, no. Set your minds and set your hearts on things from above, not on earthly things. Let's pick it up here. In, in, in verse 5, because I think he's going to help us understand what it means to do and how to live this out. And so he says this in 5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Okay, so these are the things that he says, hey, I want you to put off, take off. Like I said, I was, I was working in my yard, I think, on Friday, and I was planting some plants. And by the time I was done hassling with the sprinklers and I was covered in mud, you know, I, I, was, I was caked in dirt. And what, what spouse wants you to come in the house that way? And so it's like, hey, you go to the garage and, you, you know, you get rid of that because I don't want any of that mud or dirt in here. I think that's the same idea that's here is, hey, we want you to take that off. Like, remove that from your life. I don't want any of this in our, in our spiritual life anymore, is that, that you would remove these things from your life. And so you would put to death what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which idolatry. kind of love this, the way he leaves this one there at the end, this covetousness um, thing, because it goes back to what he said earlier. 
Because if you're coveting something, that means in your mind, in your heart, you're placing something above God. Whatever desire or hope or thing that is taking the place of God is something that you are coveting. Whether it's a position, whether it's an item, whether it's a status, it, it, those are the things that when we put in our hearts, in our minds, those become an idol that we, that we put in front of God. And then we, we skip on, and he goes on to say, okay, it's, it's not just these actions, but it's also going to be the, the mind and, the, and your thought and the way you talk. Eight, in, in verse eight. But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. This is what we're getting rid of, friends, is anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk. We don't lie to anyone. This is not part of the way that we live our life anymore because we want our life to be about loving people and about honoring God and loving God. And so in 12, he says, okay, these are the things you rid yourself of. These are the things you put to the side, but this is what you put on. In. So put on is God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Gives you a few things. Compassionate hearts. Would you put on a compassionate heart? Tonight, maybe as you're out at the 4th of July and you're walking around and you're meeting people from the community, would you have a heart of compassion to listen and hear their story and understand what God's doing in their life because you want to represent? Or when you see someone hurting or in need, that your heart would just break for them because you want to care for them? Would you have a compassionate heart? I also want you to put on kindness. This is something that we are losing day in and day out, just even how we treat our, our, our servers at a restaurant or how we treat our, treat our teachers at school or how we treat our neighbors. And we want to really learn how to be kind with them. We would have compassionate hearts. We would be kind. We want to be humble. This is someone who would think of the needs of others above themselves. That's what humility is, is that we would place ourselves in a lower position and let's talk about a quality that really doesn't exist in our culture anymore. It would really be humility thinking about, how do I care for you? That's what I tell my kids all the time when they're fighting for something. Say, hey, can you think about your brother or sister and think about their needs above your own? Like That's a changed way of thinking. It's compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, right, and patience. And then we would bear with one another. And, and we would, if we had a complaint against one another, we'd forgive one another. The Lord has forgiven you, and you also must forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. We want to love one another. We want to demonstrate what a transformed life looks like because we've been raised with Christ, so we set our minds and our hearts for things from above. And this is what, the next few verses, what really ministered to me that morning when I was frustrated with my kids and I was kind of at my wit's end and I just was emotionally spent. And verse 15 says this, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, 
and be thankful. And 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing praise, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And it comes back to these same two ideas, right? That we're supposed to set our hearts and our minds from things of above. And then he comes back and he says, this is how you do it. Let the peace of God, that's how you're going to deal with the, the distractions of the heart and the, the, the dreams that maybe are not of God or the desires that you have, is that you're going to let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, that you would allow that to change your life And then 16, you're going to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, so that you would let the peace of Christ rule your hearts and let the word of Christ dwell in your minds. This is how we're going to focus on things, on heavenly things, not on earthly things. How we're going to set our minds and our hearts on heavenly things, not on earthly things things and then in 17 it says this and whatever you do whether in word or deed do everything in the name of our lord jesus giving thanks to god our father through him so whether we go to work or we go to school or we're at a sporting event or we're coaching our kids or we're work we're, we're serving the kids here at church or we're making coffee or we're cleaning the house, or we're serving our husband, or serving our, our wife, we're doing it unto the Lord. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of our Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father of God, of the Father, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So if you've been raised with Christ, Seek things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds and your hearts on things from above, not on earthly things. And then would you let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and would you let the word of Christ dwell in your minds. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do all things to the glory of God. Amen? Let me pray for us this morning. and We're going to continue worshiping together as we take communion here in a minute. And so we just want to Spend some time thinking about the things of God. Father God, I thank you that um, you are at work here. And it's nothing that we do or we make up or or we try to do, Lord, but it's everything that you are doing. And Father, I I pray this summer as we gather as a community and as we open up your word together that we would learn from your scripture that these different passages that, that we hear each week would be ones that we would go to on a regular basis. And so, Lord, I pray for my friends here in the room that as hard things come, that we would learn to seek, our, seek you in those things, that we would set our minds and our hearts on you, that we would think about things that are pure and right and noble and praiseworthy, that we would put off sexual immorality, impurity, evil desires, that we would stop slander and malice and gossip from our lips. Lord, and instead that we would put on compassion, meekness, humility, 
patience, that we would forgive one another, that we would love one another deeply, and that we would let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, and that we let the word dwell deeply in our minds, and that we would live out of that knowledge and understanding. And Father, we look to you in all these things, and we pray that our lives would be given to you in whatever we do. We would bring honor and glory to your name because you are worthy, Lord. We love you, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen.